0: welcome to the Thrive Space podcast. These are conversations we have, Dennis and I, that will cultivate your heart and your company. I'm John Erickson.
1: And I'm Dennis Humphrey. And every month we're going to be looking into the heart of the leader and talking through ideas and approaches that cultivate your effectiveness and your growth.
0: If you uh, and your company want to flourish in the midst of ongoing challenges, this really is a good place for you to be right now.
1: Each podcast, we're going to talk about some ideas, some perspectives, some stories and tools that come out of uh, the experiences John and I have had over the years and the guests we have joined us along the way. And I think uh, you're gonna find that you're gonna be listening to leaders like yourself.
0: So we're here to cultivate your mind and your heart as you encounter the challenges you do every day of leading a business or a group of other leaders. So if you'd like to dig deeper You can find these episodes uh, over the course of the next months and more at uh, ThriveSpacePodcast.com.
1: What really motivates you as a leader? Uh, You might be surprised to find out. So thanks for joining us today. John Erickson and Dennis Humphrey here. And we're going to dig into the second episode of the Thrive Space Podcast. Today, we're going to unpack An insightful and practical concept to help you understand the way you lead and why you lead the way you do. So let's get started.
0: So Dennis and I for the last number of years have been working with a a smaller family-run business. Uh, Father, uh, mother, uh, son and sons friends are all running a business that has the potential, really, as it grows out of being more than a ten million dollar business in the field that they're working in. They, they have clients that are, that are hundred million dollar companies and more, doing a, a really important work for them, uh, that's important for their businesses. And this little company uh, really has the potential to grow. The father has. Uh, a unique personality, as we all do. And he is someone who really needs to be respected. Someone who really thrives on clarity. He loves to see things be successful, and he really hates it when people do things that aren't efficient. Uh, When his son and his son's friends, all in their 20s, don't get the jobs done as uh, you know as quickly or as well uh, with the the level of detail that he would like to have them done, and so when he interacts with them and uh, with his son and with his wife, you know it really can come across in a way that even can be abrasive. It can be even offensive sometimes if you listen to it, and I know that's not his heart. I know he doesn't want to be that way, but he really has a desire for his company to succeed, and yet at the same time through the way he interacts and communicates and his expectations of his wife and of his son and his son's friends in this company, he really has plateaued a company that could be more than a $10 million business into one that might be a tenth of that. And we really have been working with him to figure out and help him understand why he behaves that way, why he interacts that way, why he Uh, communicates the way he does because he has created a culture that is not allowing his company to grow. This whole idea of how powerful it is that leaders understand the kind of culture they build based on their behavior is really a a big part of what it means to be a healthy leader. We talked about in our last podcast, Uh, there's a helpful idea Here that comes uh, out of the the leadership of uh, Carly Fiorina who was the former CEO of Hewlett-Packard, a a presidential candidate actually a while ago and a a number of other leadership endeavors. I respect her and I really appreciate this uh, leadership framework that she talks about uh, in leadership. It's a square, a frame. It has four sides and leadership really is built around these four sides. One obviously, is our strategy and our goals. Uh, What is it that we want to achieve? How are we going to get that done? What steps we need to take to get there? The second part of the framework is our process and our structure. And this is about roles and responsibilities. Who's going to do what? What seats do they sit in? What jobs do they do? Who's accountable for every aspect of all the goals we have? The third frame of leadership is the metrics and the results. What gets measured is what gets done. So how do we track it? How do we know that we're making progress? And then the fourth one, which is the one we wanna focus on, is this idea of culture and behavior. So strategy, goals, process and structure, metrics and results, and then the fourth side, culture and behavior. how you do the things you do is just as important as what you do. The values and behaviors that drive your organization, they they create this thing we call culture. Now, that may seem like the soft stuff in your business, but really, in many ways, it's the most difficult part of what you do. Culture and behavior are, quote unquote, the software of any organization or endeavor. And if it's not functioning well, if that software has bugs in it, or if it doesn't run and achieve what it needs to, the culture and behavior of your organization are going to create a situation where you, like this company we've been talking about, really causes you to plateau. So the fourth side of this leadership framework, culture and behavior is where we wanna press in today. Yes, it ties right into the health you have in your company, how healthy you are as a leader, And this concept of root motivations that we're going to be talking about today, what is it that really drives you as a person and as a leader? This is where this concept really bears fruit. So Dennis, you know, we've been working with this idea of root motivations now for upwards of 30 years. We've seen it bear out in a number of different places. We've watched it and how it develops. We've written about it and and we've taught about it. We've brought it into almost every one of the contracts that we've had with companies. Talk a little bit about it in your from your perspective. What is this thing called root motivations?
1: Sure, John. Thanks. And you know, this really is the, I guess you could say, the base software of an individual in some ways. This this idea that we are motivated not necessarily from A a psychological perspective, but from, and you might say, kind of from a being perspective. You know, we are wired in certain ways to respond in certain situations in certain ways. And so, how you respond, you know, how do you respond when your ideas or decisions are challenged? Or how do you respond uh, when things get stressful? Or how do you respond when you get rejected or told you're not welcome here? all of these things play into the root motivations. And so the root motivations are in three categories that we've experienced and seen throughout the years. And the first category would be respect. The second category would be value. And the third would be approval. And we have developed a series of really simple questions to ask to help a person self-assess to say, do I operate from this place where I need respect? Or do I operate from this place where I need value? Or do I operate with a need for approval? And the three questions are are this. It starts with what hurts more? Uh, To feel like a failure and incompetent and disrespected. Uh, What hurts more? To feel worthless, unheard, misunderstood, or devalued? Or what hurts more to be unloved, uncared for, or insecure, or disliked? And so when we get stressed, what will happen is we will start to operate out of one of our root motivations or our prime, what we would call our primary root motivations. Now, we all uh, express these motivations at some level, but when the heat gets turned up, one of them is gonna rise to the top and we're probably gonna operate out of that. And that's where we start to think about culture and individuals and groups within organizations. When we start to operate out of our root motivation, we will start to impact the environment around us. And if we're not aware of that, that can be problematic. But when we are aware of it, as we're gonna hear, there's an enormous upside to recognizing what your root motivation is. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk about respect. And John, I know this is one close to your heart because you know your root motivation is that of respect. And you will often I know personally, because I've known you for 30 years, I know that that's that's sometimes a struggle, but when you're really aware of that, you're able to bring your abilities and your gifts to bear into leadership. And so could you talk about being a respect-based person and what that's like, and and where you find yourself being effective, and where you find yourself struggling to be effective. Sure, Dennis. The um,
0: those questions are really valuable that you asked. You know what what really hurts uh, when I'm in uh, engaged in a conversation, or when I'm in a in a leadership situation, or I'm I'm talking to one of our clients. Um, and the questions, you know. Just to review, what hurts more—to feel like a failure, uh, to feel worthless, or to feel uh, uncared for—and those are powerful because they go right into the center. And this one of respect is really powerful for me. Um, I like to say that I hate failure. Uh, I hate failure more than I hate Brussels sprouts. You know, I hate failure more than anything else in my life. The sense that that I am not being successful and competent. And getting done what I believe needs to get done is a, there's a, I have a visceral, visceral response to that, to failure. And I imagine there's some of you leaders out there as well, that you feel that, that you work, you spend a tremendous amount of energy as I do, a huge amount of my own personal energy, making sure
1: that I don't fail. Would you say that the root motivations and the root motivation of respect sets you up to you know, to have a set of expectations that, that just we naturally walk in expecting certain things based on our root motivation.
0: Absolutely. Um, there's a, there are a number of expectations that these root motivations create. And the one for respect for me, um, we also use the word entitlements because these expectations are so strong that I'm really entitled in many ways to success. And when I don't have my entitlement met, I have a very strong emotional reaction to that. It changes how I speak to people and how I act around them and what I expect from them. I have a huge entitlement and expectation for clarity. I really don't like it when I don't have enough information. And there will be times, whether with my wife or with you or with, with clients or other people, I'll find myself... Continuing to ask question after question after question to to even come sometimes push into uh, something that I don't understand because I don't have enough clarity. And that clarity is what allows me to be successful. Competence is another one. Man, I have a huge entitlement to be competent. I don't want to to be caught flat-footed. Uh, when it comes to knowing something I believe that I should know about a situation or, or about a client or about my wife or about one of my children or grandchildren, I really need to know what's going on so that I can get the respect that I am entitled to by being successful and competent. And that's really how that works for me.
1: What happens to a respect-based person when, when they're not able to achieve that or attain that? What, what goes on inside of them?
0: Well, because that entitlement is so powerful that that need for respect is so strong that it really has a visceral, I I use that, it's palatable, emotional uh, sense of being out of control, a sense that if I don't get this right, that my world's going to fall apart, that people are going to see me in a light that I don't want them to see me. Um, that I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my ability, my even even my value and my worth to a situation because of that. So there are there's a there's a deep, almost uncontrollable sometimes I use that word carefully, emotional response to having the sense that someone doesn't respect me, and it's so powerful that that it, it, even I had to learn and you, and you know knowing me as long as you have that. Over the course of years, I've had to learn that I can determine whether or not I respect someone or someone respects me very quickly. And if I don't respect someone or I believe they don't respect me, man, that's going to be tough to be in a relationship with them. It's going to be tough to work with them in any kind of a trust-based level because I have such a high need for respect. Another very important issue for me around the idea of respect, Dennis, and you know this about me, is a very high need to be right. Um, I really don't like to be wrong as much as I don't like to fail, and I love to be competent. You know, you can see in a respect-based person that um, there's a (laughs) there's always going to be the argument about whether or not uh, I'm right and you're wrong. I like to to joke around about the idea that uh, you know it's okay. Uh, it's okay for all the rest of you to be wrong. <laughs> so that's an important part of uh, recognizing in my own life um, how my need for respect works
1: out. Sure. So as we've been, you've been sharing and you've been sharing a bit of the the dark side or the downside of the respect based motivation, but it's, it's not all downside. There's actually a, a great upside to the respect based uh, individual and 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 one of them i I know is is the ability to bring clarity and and wisdom around things. Because of their ability to drive for clarity, they can kind of look at messy situations and bring picture into focus. Can you talk a little bit about that? What's it like for you when when you get a hold of that, hey, I don't need somebody's respect here. I'm not owed their respect. And when you're able to move into that space, what's it like for you? Uh, to operate out of that space and, and what do you see happening?
0: Oh, it's so powerful. You know, Dennis, the, 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 the upside of all of the three motivations is powerful. You know, with respect, the upside is wisdom. Wisdom is, is the ability to speak truth, to speak clarity, to speak value, to speak the competence that you know into someone's life or into a situation in a way that allows them to grow to move forward, to become who they need to be. And so, yes, my, my desire is to drop my entitlement to respect. When I sense it happening, when I sense that I'm, you know, that the that, that need to not fail is, is really high, I recognize it, and I say, okay, let's shift this. I can drop my entitlement to success here, and I can focus on what the other person or the people around me need and I can bring wisdom. You're right. I can bring a sense of clarity. I, I happen to be very good at strategy and strategic planning because I do. I am able to take a huge amount of data and sort that and and bring a sense of movement and clarity to that, so that decisions, good decisions, can be made. And so, yeah, there's a huge value for people who are in this have this first root motivation, as long as they can take it and shift it around focus it on other people and help others through wisdom access the needs, access the the resources that they need
1: to succeed. And so I think at this point, some people in the corporate world are going to be hearing this and they're going to, okay, you, you know, where can I purchase your, your motivations test so I can figure out who everyone in my organization is and I can run them through this. But what we're talking about here is something a little different. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not an Enneagram. It's not a Myers-Briggs. It's not a Hogan. Those things are all really valuable. And those get into more of the nuanced expressions of how a person functions or communicates. But we're talking about something that's more core here. Can you speak into that?
0: Yeah, there's a sense in which. The root motivation is something that happens really almost innately inside you. I mean, (laughs) I know this because I see it. I saw it in my own kids. I just saw it this past weekend. We had, for the first time since uh, this pandemic, uh, we've had our our whole family over for a meal without masks on. It It was amazing and fun. But it was so interesting to watch my grandchildren and how they kind of operate. You know, kids often operate with no filter. And and so they'll say they'll say things that uh, that, you know, adults wouldn't say in polite company, as we say, because there's an innate, you know, I could just see their root motivations inside them and the way that they were kind of built or designed. Part of it's how they grow up. But but also it's just kind of it's just from the from the smallest age I notice in children. That there is something, some need, some entitlement they have that really, that really motivates them. And so this is why we say that the root motivations in some ways are underneath your personality or your psychology, and they bubble up through your personality. So someone who's respect-based, like my version of respect-based, uh, res- respect motivation is uh, is going to be different. It's going to it's going to manifest itself in different ways. Um, I'm a big guy. I have a loud voice, so I'm going to be seen as more intimidating and more aggressive often by people. Less safe often by people. As if I allow my my demand for clarity, my demand for success to become stronger than my wisdom. At the same time. You know, I can step into a room because of who I am and and how I'm made, and my uh, competence and my 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 sense of confidence will often be what's needed to lead a situation that's that's uh, maybe more confused than it needs to be. So I I guess I'm I guess what I'm saying is that the reason why this idea of root motivations is so powerful for us as we've been helping other leaders think about being healthy. Is because it really gets down into the very center of what drives you and it, it allows you to see how even in these personality tests and the and these other ways of assessing your leadership skills, it's gonna it's gonna color and, and it's going it's gonna create a specific dynamics for you as you lead
1: those out. So now as we've we dialed down and we find out what our root motivation is, and in the next upcoming podcasts, we're going to talk about the other two, but there's a real value in these in leadership and especially leading a team and in finding, okay, what's the, what are the root motivations of the people that I'm leading? And, and one of the reasons is, is because you're actually able to speak to a a very core element of the human being when you do this. Like for instance, I know John and working with you, if, if I come in with some information and stuff, um, and I start to see you kind of, you're asking a lot of questions, you're not sure about what's going on. I can just say to you, you don't quite have clarity on this, do you? What do you need that will help you be clear? And I, I will just notice in you, you know, you'll just start to settle down, you know, the, where you might feel agitated or uncertain. Once I acknowledge that in you, you're like, oh, yeah, well, here's what I need. And then I, you know, on the outside, then I can go, okay, no, I now, now know how to meet your need. And quite often for us, that's just going to happen around a business situation. It's not even a deep personal, interpersonal thing. It's just you and I are looking at something very differently. I have a perspective you have, and you don't, you, you're struggling to have clarity on it, or it's a new idea that I've just interjected. And so, what, what we found with this, uh, the real value of it is if you think about it as being a root motivation, and you can now speak to that in your employee. Well, this is a method of creating motivation in them. Once, if they feel like they are respected, or they are valued, or they are welcomed, uh, accepted in the environment, they'll actually settle down, and then all that other good stuff you hired them for can start to bubble up, and they can start to implement some of that uh, effect more effectively, rather than kind of churning around on the inside. What do you think about that, John?
0: Well, you see this happen, Dennis, whenever there's a conflict conflict's inevitable. You have people that have different ideas, that have a different perspective, that look at things differently, that have a different set of needs and expectations. And so naturally, there's going to be, these differences are going to create you know, some rough edges. We would hope that we would learn, and in some of our future podcasts, we're going to talk about how to move through conflict in healthy ways. But you see this happen almost immediately, as you just said, I could, I can walk up as happens, you know, in, in my marriage, it happens in my other relationships all the time, I can walk up to my wife, Debbie, and I can present an idea to her, we're changing, you know, the plans on our vacation, because you know, some other things came up, and, and we're going to have to change our flight. And I mean we're probably going to have to, you know, change some of the things that we do. And immediately, I can see, that she starts, you know, agitated, she starts to get angry or she starts to get very sad, or she starts to, to kind of pull in on herself because she has a different root motivation than than I do. She has an approval motivation. So she has a, you know, a high need for things to be comfortable, a high need for things to be pain-free. She needs to be liked. And that's the the, the downside of that is that when I come to her with a change, and she doesn't feel comfortable with that, immediately she's going to respond to that in sometimes some very strong ways. I might notice that, you know, if I'm talking to, a, to, to one of the clients, I notice suddenly they become quiet. They're not interacting as much. Uh, maybe they even decide to cut the meeting short. If I recognize that, that what's happened here is that a root need has I, I really hasn't been addressed, That gives me the ability to to say, wait a minute, hang on a second. I recognize that that something doesn't feel comfortable for you, or I recognize that that you don't have the amount of clarity you need to feel like you can make a good decision, rather than the conflict getting out of hand and and becoming loud, or or things being said that, that aren't necessary, or people assuming that the other person doesn't understand them and isn't gonna be a valuable person to be in a relationship with. Rather than assuming something like that, if we, if we pay attention to what the other person's root motivation is, we recognize how it works, we can, we can begin to say, wait a minute, I recognize that you have a need here that might not be getting met. Let me see how we can do that. And that's you know, Dennis, that is a powerful question. I could say, maybe if there's one real practical nugget here, if you're in a situation and you see that you're, you're, you're kind of the, the, the relationship or the conversation or the meeting is starting to skid sideways, you can think about it in, in this way of, wait a minute, somebody's root motivation need here is not getting met. Someone's not getting clarity. Someone feels disrespected. Somebody feels unvalued or someone feels afraid. If you're paying attention to that, you see it happening in yourself, you see it happening in them. You can just simply ask a question. Hey, can we pause here a second? And may I just ask you, what do you need right now? What, what do you need in this conversation for this to move in a direction that would be helpful for you? That's a powerful way to, to, to kind of lower the noise of something that's in conflict around this.
1: I think you're leading us back into this idea of we've been dealing with a respect-based person, and so this is a good step-off point to for those of you listening that have identified yeah. as that respect-based person who who need clarity and who who desire success, and and failure is just excruciatingly painful, and 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 will consume you on the inside when when you're not able to do that. I think what, what I'm hearing, John, is two things. One is we got to know what our own motivation is, uh, but then we can actually investigate and find out what others are. And so as we think about taking this idea of the root motivation of respect, here are some actionable questions. Think about the last difficult conversation you have. Was it respect, value, or approval that was the issue you were dealing with? What, what was the main issue you were struggling with? How are other members of your leadership team wired? What are their root motivations? If you're a respect-based leader, how do you move towards wisdom? And so this week, spend some time looking around your team. But most most importantly, I think, you know, and, and John, you've done well sharing your story here, you know, taking a look on the inside saying, yeah, when do I get most agitated and bothered? And what's that really about? What, is, what am I really needing? And if you're finding it's that respect piece and you're finding you had some expectations and entitlements, you actually can drop that entitlement. And that's the, that's the kicker to move you over to start to work out of wisdom and bringing the knowledge and abilities that you have with most effectiveness. We're glad you joined us today, our continuing conversations are bring life ideas that cultivate your growth and success as a leader. You can access our episodes at thrivespacepodcast.com. You can also get more information about the Root Motivations at edenbusinessconcepts.com under the Resources tab. Next month, uh, when we come back, we're going to bring in a guest and we're going to continue our conversation about Root Motivations and the need for value. So until then, I'm Dennis Humphrey.
0: And I'm John Erickson. It's been wonderful to be with you today. Take care.